Would you remain standing for the reading of God's Word? Coming from Luke chapter 1, verse 26, the Annunciation to Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her, he, and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will, to his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. May God bless the reading of his holy, inspired word. Be seated, please. Well, thanks for coming today. Even though I warned you last week, I'm, I'm glad you came back. And I'd like to thank Pastor Rob for giving me the opportunity to be here and to speak to you. It's always a, a wonderful pleasure for me. Today, we want to think about this is the first Sunday of Advent. As you can see, the church is beautifully, beautifully decorated. They did a lot of work and just an amazing amount was done to make the church look like this, and we appreciate all that they've done. Uh, let's pray. Father, bless us today. Bless your word to us. Bless your spirit. May it come and speak to each of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I, Christmas is really a time of confusion. It's a time when people get confused about what they're supposed to buy. People get confused about where they're supposed to go, where they're supposed to meet. And if you've been here for very long, you know that I have a, some problem with getting confused. Uh, a, couple, a couple years ago, it was time for a special uh, song, and I walked out from the other side with a puppet on my hand. It was not good. It just it wasn't what we were going for in that particular service. And it, I just... You know, I, something's wrong with me. Like, there are certain things that I can remember really well. Like, I know the exact date of the filming of Bigfoot in Bluff Creek, California by Roger Patterson, but I can't remember where I parked my car. And I, I mean it. Like, I have literally gotten in the wrong car before. Now I have a... If you see my car, you'll see that I have a... a uh, like a Bigfoot air freshener. That's not only makes the car smell like Bigfoot, but I can tell 
if I'm in the wrong car, because nobody else, as far as I know, has a Bigfoot air freshener, so that way I know. But it's not just us that gets confused at this time of the year. It's the people of the Scripture. And today we want to look at the Annunciation of Mary. That is that time when an angel came and said to Mary, you're going to have the Son of God. And what kind of, what kind of emotions did that bring out for Mary? Well, there are three of them, I think. First, this word of God that the angel brings to Mary brought confusion. You see that in verse 29. Mary says she's greatly troubled. You see that in verse 34, when Mary says, how? How how is this ever going to be? Mary's confused because this angel shows up, and the angel says to Mary, you're going to have a child. So Mary's confused, first of all, by the messenger, by Gabriel. Gabriel is only one of two angels mentioned by name in the Bible. The other one, of course, is Michael. There are other angels like Raphael is mentioned in Tobit, other, other angels mentioned in other Second Temple literature. But only in the Bible do we have Gabriel and Michael. Gabriel is the one who is responsible for helping Daniel, you remember, when Daniel is trying to pray. Gabriel is the one who is responsible for giving this, <clears throat> this piece of God's word to Mary. So Mary is confused by this, this angel that just shows up. We, unfortunately, we've been conditioned to think of angels as not much more frightening than a little six-year-old girl wearing wings. But in the, in the New Testament and in the Hebrew Bible, angels are very frightening entities. That's why almost every time that an angel appears to a human being, they say, don't be afraid or stop being afraid. It's because an angel was a frightening thing. And Mary was confused by the fact that this angel showed up at her house. But she's not confused just by the messenger. She's also confused by the message. Because the message is a frightening one to Mary. Keep in mind that Mary lived in Second Temple Judaism where honor and shame were very important. Much more important than they are in our culture today. And having a child out of wedlock was really the height of shame in Second Temple Judaism. And yet that's what the angel comes and says to Mary. He says, listen, I just want you to know that you're going to have a child. And Mary says, hold, hold on. I've never been with a man. It's a euphemism. I've never known a man. And the angel Gabriel says, well, it doesn't matter. We've got that taken care of. And you can imagine... Uh, Mary saying, I, what, I don't remember agreeing to any of this. I don't want to be pregnant without a husband. And she's, she's already committed to a husband. You know that she was, she was betrothed to a man named Joseph, the, 30, the 27th verse says. The interesting thing here is that Betrothal was, sometimes you'll find that word translated uh, engage, but it's much more than an engagement. In fact, you needed a letter of divorce if you were betrothed and, and wanted to break it up. That's the reason that Joseph was going to put her away quietly. He wasn't going to make Mary the, 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 the height of conversation in her town, but he was going to put her away nonetheless because she had apparently broken her marriage vows. Mary heard the angel's voice and said, this is, this is 
this is confusing. I've never had a man. I, I don't know what this is about. I don't know how this is going to work. And realize that when they, when a person, when two people were, were betrothed together, they came up with what was called a marriage contract. And in the marriage contract, and I've looked at quite a few of them, old Greek ones, and they, they will say like, who gets what in case of a divorce? Who gets this? Who gets that? It's almost like, not exactly, but similar to like a prenup agreement, sort of. So that's the place that Mary found herself. She's probably about 14 or 15 years old. She's not very old. Uh, A person can be betrothed from about the age of 13 to about 18 or 19. As a girl, men were usually a little bit older. She was not an adult woman in that sense of the word. She was a little teenage girl, little teenage girl confused by what God was doing. And it may be that today you sit here on this first Sunday of Advent and you wonder, what is God doing? It may be that you're confused by the way that God has worked out the events in your life and you wish that they had gone another way, but they didn't. And you're confused as to why God has done that. I want, you to, remi- I want to remind you that you are not the first person to be confused at this time of the year. It was Mary, the first person to be confused. You might think that the first person to argue against the virgin birth was uh, 18th century German scholar who was trying to destroy the New Testament, but it's not. The first person to argue against the virgin birth is the virgin, Mary herself, who says, this this is not going to be. I've never known a man. I'm not going to have a child. It's nice that you stop by, but we're not having that. She's confused by what it is. And she, you can imagine her saying, what in the world is this angel showing up at my house saying crazy things? But Mary moves along a little as the annunciation goes forward, the announcement goes forward. Mary moves from being confused and she moves into something else. The word of God moves her from being confused to moving to being considerate. You notice in the second part of verse 29, she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Tried to discern is, she tried to consider, she was thinking in her mind, what what is this angel talking about? What is he trying to get me to understand? What is it that Mary was considering during that time? I think, first of all, she considered the mystery of his approach. Realize that the, the, the fact that Mary was going to give birth to a virgin, was going to give birth to a son as a virgin is frightening. And she starts to consider that. And she considers, if God himself is going to be born and I'm going to be the mother, this seems very mysterious. She considered the lowliness of his approach. And she thought to herself, if God is going to put on skin and come down here and wear sandals and walk around amongst us, doesn't it seem that he would be born to someone more important than I was? A little... 15, 16-year-old girl, Jewish girl, doesn't really know much. That was a mystery. And yet God 
came to that little girl to show her that God does great things through people who don't think too highly of themselves. God does great things through people who realize that he is the one who is doing it. But there's a second thing that Mary considered. She not only considered the mystery of his approach, but she considered the mystery of his arrival. She didn't know exactly how this was going to play out. She just had an angel coming to her saying she's going to be pregnant. She doesn't know that the same angel is going to go and talk to Joseph. She thinks that she's going to have to explain to Joseph how when they were joined together, when they were betrothed, when they were more than engaged, somehow she had gotten pregnant. She doesn't know how she's going to explain that, but she considers, and she considers, and she considers. And today it may be that you have come to this church by no accident on this first Sunday of Advent. Maybe you just wanted to come and see what the church looked like. Maybe you wanted to come and hear the music. But whatever the case is, I can assure you today that if you will consider the truth of Christianity, it will make a huge difference in your life. If you'll consider what Christ did by taking on flesh and coming down and being a part of one of us, it will make a huge difference in your life. But it's not just that Mary was confused. It's not just that the Word of God brought confusion and brought consideration, but it also brought to Mary confession. And you see that in verse 38, the latter thing, the last thing that Mary says in this passage. She says, behold, I am a slave of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What does Mary confess there? First of all, she she confesses that she is a slave. Now, slavery in the New Testament was entirely different from the racially based slavery of our country. So I don't want you to think that there's really no linkage between the two. But Mary is willing to say, just like the Apostle Paul, just like Peter, he's willing to say, I am a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. James, at the beginning of his book, says, I am a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary, here, at the end of the Annunciation, says, I am a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. She she conceded who she was. She was a slave of this little baby that was in her womb. What could be more counterintuitive than that, than a mother being a slave of a yet unborn baby, and yet that's what she was. She confessed who she was and she confessed what was going to be. She says, let it be according to your word. In this saying, let it be according to your word, let it be according to the word of God, Mary gives up her honor. She was going to be a pregnant girl who was unwed. She was going to give birth to a child before she was supposed to, according to the timing. And all of those people that were around her were going to talk about what an awful girl she was and how that her child was a mamzer born out of wedlock. Mary gave up her honor. She gave up her control. As we read through the life of Mary in the Gospels, we realize that she gave up control, gave over to control to her son, even when it was difficult. She not only gave up her honor, not only gave up her control, but she gave up her son. She, she realized 
both from the things that she heard from the time that he was very young, even before he was born, until the time that he died. She knew that there was something very different about the way that this person's life was going to come to an end. And as she was there, seeing him on the cross, she was still able to say, let it be to me according to thy word. We all, all of us face difficulties and some of them come to us particularly at Christmas time or at the the close of the year. You remember from the great uh, book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the great series, how Lucy comes and she, she says to the beaver, she's talking about Aslan, the lion. And she says, is Aslan safe? And the beaver says, no, no, he's not safe but he's good. I want to show you something. If it'll be all right, if I can end with a children's sermon. When I was a kid, my, my mother took in sewing. And so I remember from the time I was very, very small that I would see I would see uh, spools of thread all over the house, and there were, there were cases of the spools and lots of them. And I remember that I, I stumbled onto something, and that was that thread, once it's broken, is kind of useless. You can't, you can't really use it anymore. And I remember now thinking about the times in our lives when it seems like things have broken, when Mary is told, <clears throat> you're a virgin, but you're going to have a child. When the people all around, <clears throat> all around Mary start to say, she's not a good woman. She's not the kind of woman that we want to be around. When the people start to make fun of her son, Jesus, and call him a mamzer, and all of those kinds of things like that. And so, Mary's life, it seems, is twisted into irreparable little tiny pieces of thread, little tiny pieces of thread that can never, ever be put back together. And you can imagine her sitting there saying to herself, what was I thinking? What was I thinking that day when I said, yeah, this will be fine? What kinds of things were going through my mind? This is crazy. And she saw what had once been a wonderful time of life, now sort of broken up because of the message of that angel. But an amazing thing happened. And the amazing thing was that God stepped in there to speak to Mary. And when God steps in to speak to Mary,
it's all okay. He's not safe, but he's good. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your kindness and your goodness. We thank you for what you have done for us today. And we pray that we will have a Christmas like Mary, a Christmas in which we say to you, let it be done according to thy word. And let all of us walk out of here today thinking about what a great God you are and about what a great gift you have given us. We pray this in the name of that gift, Jesus Christ. Amen.